Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. On a Monday, little uh, little beat going there with the uh, back end. They changed our music on us. Wow, a little, uh, little bounce there for a Monday. We'll take that. That's a good thing. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today here on KSL News Radio. Uh, I hope you caught that last conversation we had with former Governor Mike Lovett. Uh, just some great insight in terms of transition planning and how vital that is. We know that's important uh, for those who are running for president, uh, but it's also important for those who are running for governor right here in the state of Utah. Uh, and that call for those who are running to be prepared to have a transition plan, to have that trans- transition planning rolling, not after the first Tuesday of November, but well before uh, there's just too many things. There's uh, too many opportunities and too many uncertainties not to do that. And as I mentioned before the break, I think that actually will help make for a better campaign because rather than focusing on bumper sticker stuff, we can actually have a conversation. What are you thinking about in terms of governing? How are you going to govern? What are the priorities going to be in those first 200 days that are so vital uh, to the state, not just uh, to your term as governor? And so all of that is is real critical. And uh, it it's led me to to think through, I uh, was going back and forth with my wife, Debbie, this morning, and uh, she had sent me this, uh, this uh, piece from back in 1969. And uh, it was on uh, loneliness, because we were talking about uh, that over the weekend. Uh, we did a, an editorial in the Deseret News about that uh, over the weekend. And the, the loneliness uh, is the pandemic we're also dealing with here. And she sent this... Uh, uh, this address, it was a BYU address. Again, it was uh, Gordon B. Hinckley back in 1969. And first he talked about that loneliness of leadership. He talked about watching uh, Richard Nixon speak to the nation uh, about Vietnam and about what was going on in the country. And, and you know, he could see Nixon, you know, wiping the sweat off of his face and that loneliness of leadership. And so there is a an element of that. So I want to hit that first before we talk about the broader loneliness that many of us and many of those we care about are dealing with during this pandemic in particular. Uh, but I want to read this quote it said, uh, I would like to say to you here today, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this, uh, there is loneliness, but a man has to live with his conscience. A woman has to live with her principles. A man has to live with his convictions. Unless he does so, he is mis- miserable, dreadfully miserable. Uh, I think he may even have said uh, miserable as hell, I think was the original quote there. Uh, but all of that, uh, to, to recognize that each of us 
uh, have to to live up to that. And especially those who are in leadership, there is a loneliness to leadership, to be sure. But you have to live up to your conscience. You have to live up to your principles. And if you don't, you are miserable. And so while there will be thorns and disappointment and trouble and all of those things, uh, there is that moment in loneliness where you can get to those principles, and that's actually what gives you confidence to move forward. Uh, it's the old Shakespeare, uh, you know, heavy lies the head that wears the crown. Uh, so there is that element of loneliness, and I think we all experiencing experience that in some ways. Whenever we choose to to live up to the principles we profess to believe, and that's not politics, uh, that's people. Uh, so whether you're living up to what you profess to believe in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your business, and employment, whatever it may be, your friendships, your relationships, uh, whenever we do that, there are times when it's just hard. And sometimes it's lonely because sometimes you are on your own. And so then we look at that in the context of the pandemic. And and it is a challenge. Uh, loneliness may be one of the most persuasive uh, and pervasive side effects uh, of this pandemic. May also be one of the most dangerous, for that matter. And and so why while we have had conversations on this show well before the pandemic in terms of loneliness and depression, anxiety, and and all of those things that go with it, uh, I think it's really interesting. Uh, there were some findings. Uh, from research produced by uh, BYU, and that is that chronic loneliness can be as dangerous as a pack-a-day smoking habit. It can shorten your lifespan by about five years. Researchers also found that the quality of social relationships have as much effect on mortality risk factors as tobacco, alcohol, and obesity. obesity. In other words, loneliness can kill you as well as any drug or health problem can kill you. So here's where we are. Uh, Well before the pandemic, three in five Americans reported feeling lonely. Uh, That was uh, a survey by Cigna. And so now we've taken a lot of those things that used to give us a a little bit of a connection. Some of that water cooler talk uh, in the office has now been replaced by floating heads on Zoom. Uh, That's a challenge. And... Uh, This was really interesting to me out of the study is that while loneliness affects people of all generations, it's actually the younger generations that are most burdened by this. Uh, Almost 80% of Generation Z says it feels lonely. 71% of millennials are feeling the same. And so how do we deal with that? What's uh, what's our job? What's our role uh, to do uh, when we are feeling lonely? Uh, again, this was uh, from uh, Julian Holt Lundstad of BYU, part of her research. She said it starts by reframing the emotion. Uh, and I love this example. It said, like hunger, feelings of loneliness are just the mind's way of saying it needs something. It needs sustenance. It's the distressing, uncomfortable feeling that's meant to motivate you to reconnect. And I think that's an important one for all of us. If you're feeling lonely, it's just like when you feel hungry, your mind is telling you you need to do something. When you're hungry, you know, I need some nutrition. I need to eat something. When you're feeling lonely, you need to connect in some way. Now, obviously, in the midst of a pandemic, that's a little more challenging than normal, but it's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. So when isolation sets in, 
when you are feeling disconnected, you can start doing something. And interesting, uh, part of this uh, research uh, also showed that uh, in addition to just finding ways to engage, whether that's sending a text, making a call, going for a walk with uh, with a friend uh, or a loved one, all of those things are just great ways to, to connect and keep moving forward. Uh, also interesting that service is an invaluable tool for getting out of your own head, so to speak. Uh, go go help someone else with one of their problems or with their loneliness and just do something, serve, make a difference, add value. Uh, to me, that's the most important thing. Uh, and so we challenged over the weekend at uh, in our editorial at uh, Deseret.com that uh, there's some things we all can do. And so as we always talk about the therefore what here on this show, here's some therefore what's that you can begin to do. Every single one of us can do this week uh, as it relates to loneliness. So first, simple, make a phone call to somebody outside your immediate family, uh, someone who's just outside of that normal sphere of what you're doing every day, but just make a call, do a video chat, FaceTime with somebody. And just connect, just think through, just find one person this week that you can reach out to and connect with. A handwritten note. Uh, These are my favorite. I am a a huge fan of this. In fact, I was the recipient of this yesterday by a a great man uh, who not only sent me a note, he sent me a handwritten note and it even had a wax seal and his stamp on it. I love that. It was so personal, so meaningful. Everybody can write a note this week to somebody to connect. And then finally, even with your mask on, make eye contact with somebody this week and make that connection. If we want to combat loneliness, guess what? We got to do it together. Find a way to connect with somebody this week. Let's end the loneliness part of this pandemic. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.